Did you know that Jesus spent 90% of his time ministering in and around the Sea of Galilee? Why not in Jerusalem? Why not at the temple? Why the Galilee region? And why does that matter to us today? Well, in this brand new series, we're gonna unpack Jesus's ministry around the Sea of Galilee. But in this episode, we gotta understand how Jesus got to the Sea of Galilee in the first place. So here we go, part one, from Nazareth to Capernaum. Hey friends, welcome to the teaching series. We're so glad that you're listening. This podcast is the audio version of our highly visual video series that you can find on our website, walkingthetext.com or on our YouTube channel at Walking the Text. You know, the Bible can be difficult to understand and that confusion typically happens when we read the Bible without understanding its context. Well, that's why we create resources like this to help you understand the Bible in its original context so that you can learn, love, and live it out every day. Brad Gray is our teacher for this episode today, and we know that with a growing understanding of biblical context, you'll be reading the Bible with greater clarity and confidence than ever before. So with that in mind, let's jump in. Everyone, hello there. Welcome to this brand new series, Jesus in Galilee, where we're gonna explore why Jesus chose the Galilee region to conduct the majority of his ministry. And in this episode, I wanna provide a context for Jesus's move from Nazareth to Capernaum. We're gonna talk about Jesus being around the Sea of Galilee. In this episode, we wanna lay the foundation stones for how he got there and why he ended up in Capernaum. So let's begin with a map of the various regions in the land of Israel so that we have an understanding here that Jesus is operating in the very northern part, in Galilee. And for those of you who know your map of Israel, you'll go, yeah, that's actually a long way away from Jerusalem. It's a hundred miles away. And one of the things that we're gonna have to answer throughout this series is why is Jesus not operating much in Jerusalem. He's there for the festivals. Obviously, the gospel writers spend a lot of time talking about his last week and recording those events. But when you just look at Jesus's ministry, 90% of it or so is happening up in the Galilee and around the Sea of Galilee. And we're gonna have an opportunity to better understand what's going on around the Sea of Galilee but we wanna understand how Jesus got there in the first place. And technically he grew up in Galilee, but he didn't grow up around the Sea of Galilee. And for some of you who have been to the Sea of Galilee, you've been up here on Mount Arbel and you've looked out and you've just seen this exquisite view. And one of the things that you recognize right away is Jesus knew how to pick a location. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous, but there's a number of other things that got him to this location for his ministry. So let's just start with where Jesus grew up. He grew up in Nazareth. We have a couple of key passages that anchor us to Nazareth where Jesus grows up. And on a map here, Nazareth is 22 miles to the southwest of Capernaum. And if you go to Nazareth today, one of the things that you notice right away, it, it is just jam-packed with people. It is a highly populated area because this is where Jesus grew up. But back in Jesus's day, it was way smaller. In fact, here's an image taken from the early 1900s. 
you can already see this is way smaller than what we see in a modern context. In fact, here's an artist's rendering of what it looked like back in Jesus's day. And most scholars believe that it's somewhere between maybe three to 400 people were in Nazareth when Jesus lived there. And so not very much is known from an archeological perspective. The evidence is scant because the modern city is on top of the ancient one but we don't believe it was very big at all. Uh, We do know that it was rural. We know it was um, religious. We know it was an agricultural area. Um, Even though the natural resources were relatively poor, um, this is where Jesus grew up. Now, we also have this passage in John 1 where Philip finds Nathanael, and when Nathanael finds out that, you know, the Messiah has been found, or at least thought to have been found, his response is, can anything good come out of Nazareth. So this passage alone just gives us a window that there was apparently some negativity generated towards the people in Nazareth. And we do have a significant story that takes place here in Luke 4. Jesus's synagogue sermon takes place in Nazareth and they want to kill him at the end of it. So uh, we've got some dynamics going on in Nazareth here, but Jesus is growing up in Nazareth. Now, What I want to do is I just want to switch maps for a moment so that you can see the location of Nazareth. It sits up on a ridge so that you could also more clearly see the valleys that are to the south and to the north of Nazareth. You have the Jezreel Valley here and you have the Beit Natofah Valley here. And when you stand in Nazareth and technically if you go about a mile to the south, you come to what is known as this area, which is the brow of the hill and this drone clip gives you an idea of present-day Nazareth. The ancient city is about a mile from this location. But if you stand here and you look directly to the south, you have this stunning panoramic view of the Jezreel Valley. It is absolutely gorgeous, but it is a massive drop down from the top of the Nazareth Ridge. And so I'm gonna unpack in just a little bit that this is one of the most highly trafficked areas in the entire ancient world But for the most part, the people of Nazareth didn't tap into that. They were rural, they were secluded, and that was intentional. They were trying to stay away from the rest of the world is what we believe. And so from here, you can see that Nazareth sits up on this ridge down from the Jezreel Valley. Now, here is where the major roads were coming through. Again, Nazareth is tucked up into the hills, closed, isolated, rural, aware from all the traffic. But one of the things that we believe about Jesus's early days is that he probably spent some time in Sepphoris. And Sepphoris wasn't like Nazareth. Sepphoris was actually the capital of Herod Antipas's Galilee region. So Herod Antipas, a son of Herod the Great, After Herod dies in 4 BC, his empire under the watchful eye and authority of Rome falls to three different sons. Herod Antipas gets Galilee and also a region called Perea. And he builds his capital city in Sepphoris as Jesus is growing up. And many of you know that Jesus's trade was that of a, and our English translation says carpenter, but he is a craftsman and he's learning from his father, Joseph. And so Sepphoris is being built up and it is a major city and it's got a ton of archeological ruins today. It's got an amazing Cardo Street. It's got administrative buildings. It's got a theater. 
And in episode 122, I walk through Jesus's early days and suggest that this is where Jesus likely learned his trade as a tectone or as a craftsman. And it's three and a half miles away from Nazareth, Joseph and Jesus, 90 minutes to get there, 90 minutes to get back that Jesus would have had some interaction with a much more of a Greco-Roman, you know, metropolis kind of city, which sat right where the major road went across. And so you have this as Jesus's early days, and then you also see that he's likely spending time in a major city like Sepphoris. But he then does make a move, and he goes from Nazareth to Capernaum, which is on the Sea of Galilee, this beautiful site. It's not very large. It's got some residential homes. It's got two structures, including a synagogue that dates to a later time than Jesus, but the foundation of it dates to the time of Jesus, and you can walk into it, and it's an amazing place. And we're going to spend more time talking about Capernaum because this becomes home base for Jesus's ministry. But what I want to explore right now is what was the impetus for the move from Nazareth to Capernaum? Well, Matthew records for us in chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So Matthew tells us that when John has been arrested, that's when Jesus goes to Capernaum. That's the impetus. And we're talking about John the Baptist here, and he gets arrested by Herod Antipas, who has Galilee and Perea. And based on um, ancient sources, John is almost certainly imprisoned in Machaerus in the region of Perea. It's just off the east side of the Dead Sea, looking down into the Dead Sea, John is here. And so Matthew tells us John gets arrested and Jesus moves. And what I want to do is just step back a little bit more and look at from a literary perspective what Matthew has just done. Because when he introduces John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3, John has a message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew then records for us Jesus' baptism, his temptation in the desert, John's arrest, and then the very next thing we have recorded in Matthew 4.17 is, Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's the exact same message. John has a message about the kingdom of heaven. He is laying the foundation for the coming Messiah. He gets locked up in prison. He gets silenced. Jesus moves to Capernaum and he proclaims the same message. So when John gets locked up, everything starts to move for Jesus from Nazareth to Capernaum. But why Capernaum? Specifically, there's other places around the Sea of Galilee. Why Capernaum? Well, Matthew goes on to record that when Jesus makes that move to Capernaum, he pulls in a passage from Isaiah. 700 years before the time of Jesus, we have recorded here this quote from Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Again, that's coming from Isaiah 9, 1 to 2, which also pulls in a couple of other verses from Isaiah 9 that would have been on the hearts and minds of those hearing this. 
in Jesus's first century world. These are two verses that we always read at Christmas, right? For to us a child is born, a son is given, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. It's this proclamation about the establishment of the Davidic throne, about how God's kingdom is being enacted and it's never gonna go away and it's gonna be done by the Messiah. And as Jesus makes that move to Capernaum, Matthew says, yes, this is to fulfill scripture. Now we don't know exactly how this is fulfilling scripture or what Matthew specifically has in mind Because when you look at the passage, all we're really getting is Jesus moving into the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, which is around the Sea of Galilee, the way of the Gentiles or Galilee of the Gentiles where the international road goes through. And somehow in some way, Matthew goes, yes, this move is in fulfillment of Isaiah chapter nine. And what's more, God's kingdom is being enacted. So whether people understood exactly how Matthew was making that connection or not, Matthew is emphatic. God's kingdom is being established right here, right now in the midst of Jesus's ministry. It is a huge, huge moment. And so you've got this here in Matthew chapter four. Again, the impetus becomes John is arrested, but then we have this word and it has created so many problems for people to understand what Jesus is doing. And it's this word withdrew. Because when you hear that Jesus withdraws, it makes it seem like that Jesus is retreating. He is going far away from where the heat or the challenge or the tension may be. And what we see is that nothing could be further from the truth. That when you see this issue with withdrew, connected to John being arrested, a lot of people think, okay, well, as soon as John is arrested, the heat has been turned up and Jesus is retreating. He's getting away from the fray. Well, that would be true if Herod's capital was still in Sepphoris, but in 20 AD, Herod Antipas moved his capital from Sepphoris to Tiberias. In fact, we're going to spend the whole next episode talking about what was going on in Tiberias because this city looms large around the Sea of Galilee. But when Jesus makes the move from Nazareth to Capernaum, if Herod Antipas's capital is still here, then you can see Jesus going, okay, I'm three and a half miles away. I want to get a little bit further away. But when you recognize that Antipas is there in Tiberias, Jesus is right in eyeshot of the most powerful man in the Galilee region. Jesus doesn't retreat, Jesus goes deeper into the fray. So how do we understand the word withdrew? He's withdrawing from a remote, closed, rural area, and he is moving right into the heart of the matter. Because when we see this word withdrew from a perspective of leaving something rural to something more international or cosmopolitan or something that is much more urban, you begin to see the intentionality behind what Jesus is doing. Because what we see here is that all the way 700 years plus earlier, Isaiah talks about Galilee of the Gentiles. And that's very unique to the Galilee region. So if we just take a look at the ancient Mediterranean world, 
one of the things that we can observe is that the land of Israel was the most highly trafficked area in the entire ancient world. I mean, it is a water bridge between the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea. It is a land bridge between Egypt and the rest of the world. It is a highly trafficked area. And when we look at Israel proper, there is one major international road. We call it the International Coastal Highway. Some people use the language via Maris. But this international highway is coming from Egypt and it's going all the way up to Syria, Damascus area, and further to the northeast, and it's going right through the Galilee. Now that's in Israel proper. If we look at Jordan, we have what is called the Transjordanian International Highway, which was another major highway. And if anybody wanted to cross between these two, you would do so in the Galilee region. And so when you recognize just the flow of traffic, all of the nations are coming through the Galilee region. And that is what this blue line is. It is part of the international road. And because Nazareth, Nazareth sat up into the hills, it wasn't tapping into this. It's an isolated closed area. But Capernaum is right on the international highway. Jesus goes right to where the people are. And you can see even the difference between Capernaum and Jerusalem. Jerusalem sits up in the hills. It's up in the high hill country. The only reason why people go to Jerusalem is for the festivals and to see the temple. Outside of that, the rest of the world doesn't care about Jerusalem. They care about traversing through the land in order to get to Egypt or somewhere else. And everything is happening on this international coastal highway and it runs right through the city of Capernaum. That when Jesus moves to Capernaum, this is a strategic location. In fact, Aubrielle Taylor says this in a fantastic chapter in the Lexham Geographic Commentary on the Gospels. Jesus' move from Nazareth to Capernaum was not a retreat into remoteness, but a deliberate move into a more diverse region where his message and impact could have a wider and more receptive audience. Jesus recognized that in Capernaum, his message could spread 20 plus miles on any given day. A day's walk was generally understood to be 20 to 24 miles. And Jesus is right at the heart of where people are at. His message is going forth. It is a very urban, it is an international area. A lot is happening in Capernaum around the Sea of Galilee. And if I just had to summarize and just kind of leave us with a thought, I would just say this, that Jesus understood if you're going to impact people, you got to be where the people are that if you have something that is going to be impactful, you gotta be where the people who need to be impacted by it actually are. And to be very strategic in thinking in terms of where are we doing what we're doing? How are we impacting people? And Jesus recognized if I've got a message that can change human history, then I gotta go to the most highly trafficked area in the land in which he was placed to do his ministry. And Jesus recognized that is Capernaum. That is the Sea of Galilee. It was fertile soil for Jesus's ministry. And it was also a very strategic location for Jesus training his disciples. 
And so that's what we're going to unpack going forward is that Jesus is training his disciples around the Sea of Galilee. The majority of his ministry is taking place here. And in each subsequent episode, we're going to go around the Sea of Galilee. We're going to talk about who's there, what do they believe, and how does that impact what we do in our lives based on what we see Jesus doing in his and what we're learning from him that allows us to carry his message forth in the world today. So friends, there you go. Jesus in Galilee part one from Nazareth to Capernaum. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. And as always, may you walk out the text well in your life.